New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. It is only through a change in human consciousness that the world will be transformed. The personal and the planetary are connected. As we expand our awareness of mind, body, psyche, and spirit, and bring that awareness actively into the world, so also will the world be changed. This is our quest as we explore new dimensions. Adolescence is a time of huge ferment and change. What are some possible resources that might be available to youth of today beyond their electronics and academic studies? When messages abound that tell a young person they are not enough, they tend to concentrate their energies on being prettier, smarter, or more popular. But what does that leave out? Is there something that has proven to be of help in traversing the treacherous waters from childhood to adulthood in a way that supports self-esteem and self-knowledge? Our guests today have experience in being of help by providing wilderness experiences in safe yet challenging ways. And today we'll be exploring these with our guests, Kelly and Tom Shelstead. Tom Shelstead has a background in teaching in both private and public schools. He has worked in wilderness therapy, juvenile corrections organizations, as well as personal and athletic coaching. He has run leadership development programs for teens and is a faculty member at Southern Oregon University. He is the founder and director of Inner Guide Expeditions. Kelly Shellstead, his wife, has more than 16 years' experience working with youth in classrooms and in wilderness settings, with a major in elementary education and a minor in environmental education. She has been teaching at Siskiyou School, a Waldorf school in Ashland, Oregon. With her husband, Tom, and two others, they sailed a thousand miles in open water from Fiji to New Zealand in a 39-foot boat. She has also co-created a four-day, three-night camp for girls based on principles of self-awareness, expression, and connection in a wilderness setting through the Rose Circle Mentoring Network. She co-leads and creates transformational experiences for youth with her husband, Tom, in their organization known as Inner Guide Expeditions. Join us for the next hour as we explore how the outdoors helps teens connect with what's inside with our guests, Kelly and Tom Shellstead. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I'll be your host. Welcome to New Dimensions. Kelly, Tom, welcome. Thank you, Justine. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. I, I want to start off with asking you if you could talk about how you 
see the need for something that augments the, the regular curriculum for teenagers in high schools today. So what is that need that you see that, is, that can be provided? So looking out into our world today, it feels like we're at a time when things are accelerating in busyness. We've got schedules. We are completely scheduled. It's about what's the next thing, a lot of attention outside of us. And adolescents in this age are driven towards this pursuit of what's next or what is my goal? What's the accomplishment? How do I succeed? It's this whole sort of goal-oriented society. And then you put on top of it this age where we are electrified, so to speak. We are glued to our electronics and the seat and the soul of the self is being minimized as this height of mental thinking and social engagement based on little texts and, you know, Snapchats here or there. This big call, the super drive in us to connect has become very superficial. And teens today are searching for something that they don't even know what it is that they're searching for. And so they're turning to their devices for connection and missing a huge, the, the actual like, capacity that they have to sink down deep within themselves and have this eye to eye, the real engagement that they're looking for. Um, and so we're here in this time offering this place of reconnecting with themselves, reconnecting with them each other, and then in wilderness with the earth, which is another place that we are becoming less and less accustomed to as we open doors and we're in air-conditioned buildings and they're all day sitting in desks for seven or eight hours sometimes, and then go home to do homework. And their whole life is spent, our whole lives are spent really indoors, also becoming more and more disconnected from natural rhythms, their own natural rhythms, their own places of inspiration or beauty, or there's all of these things that all of a sudden we're really geared towards thinking and this mental construct and accomplishment and autonomy, and I can do it by myself. And all of a sudden, we're losing these more artistic expressions of ourselves with community and love and connection with the planet. I know, Tom, you, you share this philosophy mm -hmm. as well. Do you, do you have a comment to make on this? Yeah, that as we, as the kids are, are looking towards social media and their phones and everything, they're seeking to be seen. They're wanting to be seen. They're longing to be recognized for who they actually are. But they are then posting things that, that they're trying to get the likes. They're trying to get the social approval of likes. And so they're posting things that aren't actually authentic. And as they are able to find who they are, then they can be themselves outside of their, their, um, outside of the electronic world. Yes, yes. I, as you were talking and you were talking about classrooms, and I remember doing an interview some years ago where someone talked about how they are designing classrooms where the windows are situated in such a way as to 
not be distracting <laughs> so that people won't be gazing out and daydreaming out the window and looking at the sky or the clouds or the birds or the trees or whatever it is out there so that their attention is focused towards the teacher and towards the front of the room. And for me, it was just absolutely shocking that like daydreaming is, is not something that was... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, valued mm-hmm. by the school system. Mm-hmm. It was like, you need to pay attention so you can do this test really well. Yeah, totally. It's this. It feels like what is deadened is this imaginative approach or the way of curiosity, of the imagine. yeah, like imagination, looking outside, getting some input from our environment that's moving and natural and instead being sort of geared towards what's on paper and what are the facts and what are proven and what are the dates. And in that way, we start losing parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to go back to when you all were together, or maybe the early years, and I mentioned it in the introduction that there was a sailing adventure you did. This was before, I think, uh, you created Inner Guide Expeditions. And you're in the South Pacific, and you're starting to learn how to work together, I would imagine, in very, very profound ways. So can you describe that trip? Absolutely. Uh, well, we started off by going to Fiji, and we were going to volunteer there and uh, and do what we could uh, to, to help the local population. We were teachers and feeling idealistic and uh, went down there to help. And while we were there... Although there weren't windows open for that, we kept hearing about New Zealand. And everywhere we went, somebody was saying New Zealand this or New Zealand that. Just kind of kept up and coming on our radar. And we crewed on or we, we sailed around the Fijian Islands with, uh, with a guy. And several of his friends also had boats. And turned out some of those people were sailing down to New Zealand in just a couple of weeks. So we signed on to do that. It's a thousand miles of open water sailing. It goes from a, um, a tropical to a temperate climate. So it's said to be one of the hardest passages in the world. We didn't know that at the moment <laughs> in, in, until we were halfway through. Um, but it, it was supposed to take anywhere from seven to 14 days. It wound up taking 11. We went through three storms um, and it was so. If you're, all right, so you're going through a storm. Yeah. How big are the waves in a, in a storm that you went through? Well, they were. <laughs> I can speak to that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, please, <laughs> Kelly. So this was definitely my. I would say my rite of passage, and one of the big ones in my life. I've had two that really come to mind, and this was definitely one. I was 23 at the time. And you could see the storm on the horizon, lightning flashing. And how we worked the boat is that we would be in shifts. And we all took two-hour shifts. There were four of us. And there are only four of you. There's a mm-hmm. yeah. pretty tur- fast turnaround shift, I yeah, would imagine. Yeah, definitely. So, and during your shift, you're steering the boat. You're making sure the compass is in the right location to direct you right towards where you need to go. And on this particular part of this, well, the whole trip, Tom was very seasick. And this one in particular, this moment... The waves were starting to pick up. It was really crazy. And he's like, you know, I don't think I can take my shift. So all of us then took another hour. So I had a three-hour shift coming on. 
and it was the sun was starting to go down, so it was getting to be dark, but then you could see the, the lightning. And all of a sudden, I take my shift, and the storm hits. It's the height of the storm. And the waves are crashing over the front of the boat and like basically whooshing behind me. And I would say, you know, you've got the swells of the ocean that are maybe 15 feet. And then on top of that, maybe five or six foot waves. And you'd go on top of the swell and you could see for a, a while and then down into the trough and just walls of water sort of feeling. This was middle of the night. Yeah. Wow. And now we're in the nighttime, not middle because it was just, but this is, this is nighttime now. It's dark. And just going through the masts of the boat, we're almost hitting the water and the sails were almost going to go in. And I like knock on the galley to the captain and he's like, I'm like, what do I do if the sails go in? And he said, let go of the water, let go of the ropes and hold your breath because the boat's going to tip upside down. And then, <laughs> you know, just hold on. You'll get there. I was clipped in. And I, in I get it that that neither of you are what you would call seasoned sailors. No. You know, no, so, this you is my know. first time, basically. <laughs> I just jumped right in. So it was that. It's that picture. And at oh. one point, we get broadsided by one of those rogue waves where I was underneath the wave for minutes. And then all of a sudden, I'm in, like sitting in maybe two or three foot of of water and the little dino flagellates the ones that like phosphorescence they light up the green they were all by my feet swirling around and so that was definitely one of those moments where sailing open water middle of the ocean waves crashing around and afterwards after the feeling hitting seeing new zealand from afar it felt like i just reached heaven you know like <laughs> we wrote, we got in in the morning and the hills were glowing green and there's seagulls and there's little fishermen coming out to go fishing and it was like i could do anything at that moment i had this whole feeling of we can do anything we set our mind to of just the capacity i really got this capacity of us as as people, as humanity, what we're actually capable of is wow. what I walked away with that. I'm here with Kelly and Tom Shellstead, and they are the founders and facilitators of Inner Guide Expeditions. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. My guests today are Kelly and Tom Shellstead, and they are the founders and facilitators of Inner Guide Expeditions, Transformational Wilderness Adventures for Teenagers and Families. And if you want to know more about their work, you can go to their website, innerguideexpeditions.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. 
As you were talking, Kelly and Tom, as you were talking about this adventure of this sailing uh, from Fiji to uh, New Zealand and going through this storm, there was a moment, Kelly, when you described these phosphorescent creatures at your feet. And I was struck by your saying something about that because even in the midst of that storm, you had presence enough to be fascinated and have a kind of wonder about these creatures <laughs> at your feet in the middle of it. And I, I would suspect that there is something of a carryover between that experience, besides the trauma of it, but the beauty of it, and the expeditions that, that you offer to teenagers. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind is the details, you know, scanning and what is being presented and those little gems that start coming to the surface within each of us in those moments. Like it's the things that are glowing by our feet or in that analogy of like it's the strawberry along the path or the flower or whatever that is of as we're going up this mountain and there's all of this challenge, it's the surveying of the details of what's going on in these kids. What What is the little glowing sparks that are coming to the surface that are asking for attention that they might not even notice otherwise, that are calling out to be seen. So it's in that when you when you are working with kids, first of all, let's let's just describe a little bit about these adventures. What what, what is your purpose? What what is your main? Uh, hope for these kids as you set off on an adventure. You have maybe 10 kids with you. They've mm -hmm. signed up. They've, you're, you're now picked uh, something someplace, which we might talk about later, because I know that that's also a special mm -hmm. specialty of yours, Tom, to mm -hmm. try and find these special mm -hmm. places. So what's your intention for them? Well, there's several, um, but it, a lot of it comes down to them feeling confident and comfortable in their own skin. What is your highest hope for them? My highest hope for them is when they leave our trips and go home, that they feel seen in their life. Because when one feels seen in their life, then they have choice because they're comfortable and confident in their own skin. They have been, they've, met challenge and have been recognized from the outside of themselves for who they actually are instead of who they put themselves up to be on their Facebook page or Instagram right. or Twitter or whatnot. Right. And when you say you put up a challenge, that challenge, I'm from what I've read about your expeditions, there, there are challenges in a, a safe container. So it's not just challenge for challenge's sake. Purposeful challenge. Right. Yes. And that comes in the form of, you know, in every trip, there's, uh, there's one or two days that are a challenging hike or a, a push that's a paddle. Uh, and there's a solo aspect on almost all of our trips, which range from 24 to 48 hours, where they actually sit on their own in the woods, supported by us. We know where they are. We have a whole system around it. But they are able to have that time supported sitting just on their own. That must be an incredible moment of 
no electronic input, mm-hmm. no no friends, no Facebook, no mm-hmm. no Twitter, no nothing, no TV, no car, no. Whoa, they're just on their own. And without distractions from being bored. And <laughs> being bored is one of the most brilliant things ever. And boredom in, in the definition that we work with is boredom is the is what we call the feeling that comes up when we no longer are engaged in so many distractions that we can still avoid what those uncomfortable feelings that come up because we start feeling bored and we try to go and do something to distract ourselves and not feel it. But if we are willing to sit in those feelings, there's so much wisdom that comes from it and so much self-personal understanding that comes from it and an empowerment that that arises from that level of self-inquiry. And I would think now when when these young people, or or if it's a family group, which I know you work with families, so it's not always just young people, that um, when they come back from one of these solos, this is a very special moment of facilitating them to to share w- what's happened. And, and that's going to... Uh, entail some vulnerability on mm-hmm. their part. So can you speak to that? Yeah, and just another part of what it is and why we're doing it that speaks also to the vulnerability is basically it's directing them home to themselves. Like where is that core place within them that doesn't move as things come in that are uncomfortable, that as there's challenge in their life, but here we are on this trip, this little microcosm that you can take out into your life, whatever lessons you learn here. But how, no matter what's going on in this outside world, how do you navigate and find your own inner guide? Like that level of dropping into the seat of yourself, directing from your own, like your own self within this place that does not move, that's who you are. So here we are on solo and the distractions are gone. What comes up for you then? Where does your mind go? We have such a monkey mind that just wants to take us here, there, all these different places. And how do you almost step back from that and become the observer of watching what your mind does? Oh my gosh, I have this huge habit of I continually start thinking about what it is I said and how I could have said it differently. Or I go into all the lists I want to make. Or here I have a bar to eat. I'm going to read all the ingredients on this bar wrapper. (laughs) Like, what do we do that continually engages our mind? And then we become more and more uncomfortable with the feelings. And so as these feelings then arise, as we start to pay more attention to those, how do I also then notice I'm not even my feelings? The feelings come and go. I can feel sad right now, or I can feel grief, or bored, or anger, or frustration, or confusion. These things will come and go. But what actually doesn't come or go? Like there is a place in each of us that is an experience that is in experience of these things. And so the solo is meant to drop. Like there's an invitation there for them to look at a deeper place, and then bringing that out. After solo, talking, we have circles. So that's a huge, I would say, cornerstone of what we do on these trips is every night we have a circle and it's around the fire and it's meant to build the container for trust. And once that is actually built, in comes the seed and the beautiful, like 
gem of vulnerability because it's with vulnerability that connection happens, that we get to know ourselves more and be reflected for other people, from other people. So after these solo experiences, coming and sitting in these circles and sharing your experience in this really vulnerable way of times when was frustrated or sad or missed your family or whatever those things are, creates community. The vulnerability is the thing that creates the feeling of community. So when when they're when they're back in this circle and you're sitting around the fire, mm-hmm. this is where facilitation comes in. I know, and mm-hmm. you have to be you have to have some skillful means to get them to start talking. And so you you start by I would imagine asking a few questions, and those questions are very. Um, valuable i mean if if there if there's any judgment in the or assumptions mm-hmm. in the questions i imagine the kids will just back right off and they mm-hmm. they won't so so how do you invite them into that deep sharing curiosity mm-hmm. it's really as they're going through it's not taking a position that they need to be any other place than where they're at so it's literally it's meeting them where they are and then asking questions that are open-ended enough where they can walk into and find their own wisdom. So for instance, after a solo, sitting there, the question might be as simple as, what was your experience like? And letting that go around a few times of what came up for you then. And then comes the art of facilitation where it's the reflecting of like, oh, did you see how this comes up? This is a theme that seems to be happening for you in your life. Or, oh, that's interesting that you wanted to climb a tree instead of be bored and sitting down. Where else in your life do you want to move away when things get a little challenging? Mm-hmm. How many times did you check your, we use a mailbox system, how many times did you check your mailbox um, <laughs> as a way right. to avoiding sitting with with where you were right. with that? And then is the question, what were you feeling just right before you went and built a little fort stick or a stick fort? Uh, right. How many... Yeah. Like, what was what was coming up for you just before you tried to distract yourself? I would imagine that first round or so until someone actually really mm-hmm. shares in an authentic way. You you kind of hear they'll check in, check in, check in, and then finally one person dares totally. to just tell the truth about mm-hmm. I was really scared. I got panicked, and then they they everybody watches how others are reacting. I this is totally. my experience of circle. Then it starts. Then the real circle starts. Is yeah. that yeah. your experience? Absolutely. Yeah, I just got shivers as you spoke, just because that is the magic of it. It only takes one person to take the risk to be vulnerable in that way. And once it's like we could say till the cows came home of like how it's a safe place. You can speak up, you can speak your heart, but it does take somebody taking that initial risk. And once they do, it's just like dominoes. People, it's just this invitation that somebody else has made by being so vulnerable. So that just really shows how, how much we long for that. Once it yeah. appears in our field and in this kind of, in this community that is created here, then it just, people want to join that they field. Want to. And that's where it becomes transformational. Yeah. Where they get the first glimpse that they can actually be who they are authentically and feel safe. 
they develop the confidence to have the boldness to live their life as they really choose. And I was thinking too, as as you were saying, um, you use the, the phrase, I think Kelly, strapping in to the seat of the self and 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 you mentioned compass and I and so the seat of our self. Mm-hmm. I, I think of I, I'm thinking of that trip again. <laughs> you know, you use the your instruction was to follow the compass and so follow that seat of my self, my soul, the seat of my soul. I want to remind our listeners that I am here with Kelly and Tom Shellstead, and they are the founders and facilitators of Inner Guide Expeditions, Transformational Wilderness Adventures for Teenagers and Families. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions. I'm here with Kelly and Tom Shellstead, and they are the founders and facilitators of Inner Guide Expeditions, Transformational Wilderness Adventures for Teenagers and Families. And um, I would really like to talk about something that you you do separate from these these guided expeditions. There is something, if I understand this correctly, there are guide councils. Mm-hmm. So can you describe what guide councils are and what they entail? Mm-hmm. Well, they're for the mostly the local Ashland youth where we're based. And we meet two to three times a month for circles, similar, similar circles to what we do on wilderness trips. And the circles are about three hours long, and they're a space for the teens to really be themselves. It's a safe place to check in about what's really going on in their life and to be seen and supported within a group of peers. And how are people, how are young people responding to this? Are you having some people excited about it and they want to come back? Is it facilitating anything? Is it being of use to them in some way? Yeah, so I have girls that I work with. Tom has a boy circle. I have girls circles and... um, that just describe it as a breath in their week. And what it actually does is it, it there's reflection, but there's authentic communication and connection that is happening because as youth are speaking about what's true for them, they're being heard and listened to, but also reflected. And so the community that gets founded in these circles are really strong and they realize they can bring anything and be seen. And then the facilitation comes in, where oftentimes youth today are navigating their world by themselves. It's a lot of influence, a lot of impressions. you got drugs, sex, alcohol, stereotypes, images that girls need to be living up to, boys need to be living up to, very unhealthy models of relationship, and they're trying to figure it out by themselves. So these circles give 
a platform for them to be getting reflection of this thing happened to me or this is a relationship that's really challenging. And as a facilitator then, and as the wisdom of the girls and, or guys, like they have their own wisdom, there's reflection that they're getting. There's actual a counsel that they're receiving for these situations that are really challenging to navigate by yourself. And in our culture, it feels like that role is missing. You have parents um, that are doing the best that they can, but without a guidebook, there's no guidebook on how to parent your teen. And teachers, they have a job. And unless you're a really, really good teacher in tracking these things, it's hard to track and really support these youth. Um, so it feels like there are some missing pieces in there in terms of people that are older guiding that necessarily aren't the parents. You know, in a village culture, it wasn't the parents that would take youth at this time of adolescence into the woods to experience who they actually are and rise to be a responsible member of community. It was the aunts and uncles. It was the extended family. It was friends. It was, you know, different people that would rise up to take the youth at that time. And it feels like right now in our culture, there is a real call for adults who are feeling that call to step up and be a mentor, to ask the questions of how are you? And if there's a challenging situation, what was that like for you? And I'm here for you, you know, that support. So this is very, very different, let's say, than a therapy session. Or uh, we think that we are offering young people a lot of guidance. But what I hear you saying is that it's kind of shocking to hear you say that they feel without anchors, so to speak, that they are out there on their own with all of this information and uh, glut and clutter of, of stuff coming at them all the time and they, that they're, they're alone. That, that's kind of a shocking statement. And the part of like the being alone part is oftentimes we want to insert our agenda upon them. You know, like the feeling alone isn't necessarily like their parents aren't showing up. It's how are we being with them? Saying, no, that's not right. That's not it. That's not it. Be, you know, there's this way of like our agenda. Or of what you should be, do this. Right. Or you should get these grades because you should be going to college. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And this feeling of like, I need to know what to do with my life. And as adults, we don't even know. You know, like we're making, everybody's making it up. We live in a mystery. You know, life is a mystery. I can think of um, the question that is often posed to young people, even very young, young people, like four and five-year-olds. What do you want to be when you grow up? And it's like, oh my goodness, what a question that they're already having to figure out something in the future and figure that just seems overwhelming to me it doesn't it seems like a very inappropriate question to mm -hmm. ask a young person yeah and you know a sign of how we help kids to externalize their own sense of self-worth exactly mm -hmm. as as who they not who they are but what they do in the world is what gives them value exactly exactly mm -hmm. going back to the circle situation what about the deep listening? That it seems to me that it takes some skill to to learn. Um, you know, I call it circle stamina. Building mm -hmm. up circle stamina is what I call it. Mm -hmm. That that if we're in a circle of let's say ten other people, and you go around and each one speaks, 
then uh, it, it can be quite exhausting unless we have develop some skill or facility to be present. So what do you suggest in that situation? It really takes a certain level of practice and being present. And in that situation, just in a circle situation, it's feeling the connection that is there, feeling everybody's story actually is my own story. You know, here is my story reflected in that person. But for youth in that space, there's a level of engagement because they're actually, my experience is witnessing them feel like I'm not alone. Oh my gosh, you're feeling the same thing mm -hmm. that I'm feeling. We're actually being honest about this for the first time of this boy or this drug or, you know, like, and it's not that everybody's doing these things that we're all afraid of that they're doing, but they're actually seeing that they're not alone in it. Mm -hmm. And that really keeps a level of engagement to have that sort of the, the place of being able to sustain a listening. So there are, there are rewards for that listening. Mm -hmm. there, there, there are built-in rewards when something happens and there's a connection happening. And you just kind of get lost when you, you can kind of feel it in the circle. You feel them starting to get lost mm -hmm. in the presence of the circle and not in their own head. Yeah, uh, the group well, field. Uh, yeah, the group field. Yeah. So uh, going back to... Um, Places I, I, there was something in in your writing or maybe on the website that I I just I just loved about going back to being out in the wilderness or out in nature, and it, you wrote uh, that trees begin to hmm. to take the tension, uh, the sky absorbs the longing, and the ground holds us. I I just love that image of being out in nature, and then there's nature works some magic on its own without any anything other than just being present can can you speak to that as we're as we're in nature we are so big we are so expansive as people and through our lives we keep ourselves small every time we pull the phone out of our pocket every time we distract ourselves and as we're in the wilderness we it holds us through the challenges, through like the beauty that like brings us in. We were just in the North Cascades a short time ago and we were walking up this, this glacially carved valley and um, up, on the, up on a bank and to the south it was just full of glaciers and there were maybe 20 waterfalls coming down in different places and, and the clouds coming in and out and there's this mystery of life that just can't help to be completely engrossed in. It will take you, especially if we're not distracted by other things. Exactly. And through that wonder, you know, that, that particular hike, it was also, we were hiking up a, this really challenging hill, 2,500 feet of elevation gain in about three and a half miles. And so, you're hiking up this 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 challenge you have your we have our backpacks on and then there's a clearing in the trees and going from that that push that hard that sweating that i'm pushing through this and i'm mustering up within myself i can do this one more step wow that leg really burns one more step ooh my calf and then 
the trees open up and see this incredible view and just drawing us out of ourselves, showing us so much that like the effort um, comes out in reward and how expansive we really are. That reminds me of a statement you, you, you have made and you say, um, what isn't serving has an easier time moving through when the body is in motion. So true. And it, so it's an embodiment. So it, can you comment on that? I mean, it's what you were describing, time, Tom, is like, okay, the body's in motion, and then you see this clearing. And so there's a, is a release. It's a sense of perspective. When we're in the wilderness, especially for a while, like two, three days can even do it. But in 10, 14, 24 days, there's a perspective shift that's possible. Like we're going through these challenges at home with our with our friends or with family or with parents and loved ones. And you know, the the conflict that tends to happen between between in families, especially during the teenage years, you know, when they're out there and we're out there in the wilderness, away from the situation, being held within the circles and within the challenges and within the adventure there's something else that can arise here and it's a totally different perspective that that can come in with clarity and understanding and then the movement so you have all of these things that are happening like feelings and emotions and experiences are stored in our cells and as we're moving those things get dislodged i don't have the reason why necessarily i'm sure there are scientists that could tell you but like as our body is moving, energy is moving through us. We have to be using energy and it's in our body. So the cells then are actually expelling. My, uh, my feeling about it is that it loosens it. It loosens these stuck places that we have in ourselves. And after these circles where they're being vulnerable and they're sharing things that are happening in their life and they're getting reflection and love and being seen, and then it's rising up and then they're moving, moving up this mountain. Interesting. It just loosens it. Yes. And it just it moves it to the next place. There probably is a physiological explanation, but we don't even need it. No. We just, yeah. just say, hey, just do it. They say exercise is, is one of the <laughs> best ways to, to move energy. I'm here with Kelly and Tom Shellstad, and they are the founders and facilitators of Inner Guide Expeditions. And if you'd like to know more about their work, you can go to their website, innerguideexpeditions.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You're listening to New Dimensions.
I'm here with Kelly and Tom Shellstad, and they are the founders and facilitators of Inner Guide Expeditions, transformational wilderness adventures for teenagers and families. And I, I'd love for you to share any story that that was transformational for any of the participants. Is there something you can share with us? Absolutely. There's a few stories that come up. Um, there's a a girl that was on a trip who, while a wonderful student, uh, had a lot of anxiety in her life. And we serve kids of all kinds who, you know, who are valedictorians and like fully functional in their life in every way. And this is an empowering experience um, to some teens who are a little, who have some challenges going on in some different ways. And so there's this one girl who was on a trip and she tends to run anxiety. And as we were hiking on the very first day, she started having uh, an anxiety attack, panic attack around the weight of the pack and around, you know, the challenge of the hike and how long this trip was going to be. And this was day one. And as she was going into a panic attack, uh, just had her take her pack off and she was starting to get uh, her shortness of breath and that. And I gave her a hug. I said, hold on and match my breath and matched her breath to begin with that was, you know, panicked and reminding her to match my breath and bringing it down to just a slow, calm breathing, which brought her out of her panic attack. And from that moment for the rest of the day, she didn't have any more panic attacks. We got to the campsite that night and she had a lot to say about that in terms of how no one had ever met her like that before. Everyone had always not known what to do with her and really gone into panic around her own panic, which made her panic even more. And by meeting her right where she was, training her to come back to her own breath, and you know, the, she had a couple more panic attacks through that, through that trip, but each time coming back to her own breath, teaching her like, actually right now because the panics the panic attacks are really about fear of the future but when you come to be right here within the nowness of your breath there's nothing to panic about this is a beautiful space here we are we have food we have water we have all these people around us and really coming back to the essence of what is happening right now and the mystery of it that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's something that she carries around with her all the time. She doesn't have to even go into her purse or backpack to find it. It's just right there and immediate. No drug. I laugh. I, I think it was Andy Weil who said many years ago uh, that if if they could patent uh, the, the the breathing drug, they would do mm -hmm. it. But you know, it, it, it's something we all have, and yeah. we can we can access at any time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And since she has gone on on a couple of trips, and each time she's working with it at a deeper and deeper level, that same that same sense, and it's coming back less, and she's coming back more and more to herself, and feeling more empowered and seen, and supported by 
by us and then the people around her. So this isn't something that you're going to learn in a history lesson or in a looking, you know, to study for a math test or something. This is this is this is as you're going back to the seat of the soul. This mm -hmm. is going down to that ground level that that can hold us that we can be assured is there and that's what you're going for is that to mm -hmm. to help them have this self-assurance about that they are okay that we all are okay mm -hmm. absolutely and which is why our programs are very flexible in our curriculum we have both been facilitating for quite a while and so we've developed a, a tool belt of sorts that we can be very flexible in meeting the kids exactly where they are, similar to this girl. So like, you don't have some sort of formula, all right, A, right. B, C, and this is how we're going to do it. You, you, as you said, you have this wide variety of responses that you uh -huh. can call on, but you don't know what's going to be called on in any one group. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's, I read an analogy of life recently that's, it's like music. There isn't a destination and there's not one fit. You know, there's not one way of doing this. And as people, we're emerging all the time because life is thro flowing through us. Life is emerging. And so to think that I'm going into a situation and I'm going to do A, B, and C, and I'm going to have this effect is not accurate because A, B, and C worked then, but here I have this person and they're actually needing something completely different and their scope is completely more expansive or not, or, you know, and is actually asking for something else, perhaps, than the A, B, or C. Exactly, exactly. So, so this is where you, you have to really tap into your intuition. And I, I want to bring up something because at the beginning of this uh, interview, when before we even started, Tom, you you said um, that you're a little hard of hearing, and so you were telling mm -hmm. me about this, and you were describing to me the. The gift of that. So yeah. I, I would like to hear you describe the gift of being hard of hearing and then uh, being able to use that. Yeah, absolutely. I started facilitating long before I got hearing aids, and I didn't know that I was hard of hearing um, for many years, and except that I said what a lot. And, <laughs> you know, there was there was that. Um, but I, as as I was really learning the craft of facilitation and the art of it, I, it turns out I was paying way more attention to all everything that's not spoken because I was only picking up on so many of the words and so many of them were like a little blurry and I could do a little lip reading. But what came out of that was a, a strong intuition, listening to the things that were not said and when I definitely when I got hearing aids, I finally got with the words <laughs> that they were saying, and and I I started noticing how the words and what I had been noticing weren't necessarily matching up, and so it gave me this this ability, I guess, the, a honed practice of looking between the lines and hearing what's really being said. I've been told that we really can read each other, but mm -hmm. you know that that we was beyond the words. We really can do that. 
but we're not trained to pay attention to it. Yeah. That we just, we just, because we're such a verbal society, everything comes to us in words, either written or spoken. And so that's what we pay attention to is if that's the real thing and not the other. Yeah, it's like another part of this whole piece is what you put your attention on grows. And we teach that with the kids that we work with is where are you putting your attention? So is the attention on just the verbal, you know, or is this attention on something that's much more subtle, but much more accurate perhaps in what's going on? And in anything, going up a hill or not, or whatever that is, it's like, where are you putting your attention? Whatever that is on, that's what's going to be, what you're feeding. What are you feeding? And there's, you know, there's AM and FM radio and that are, every station from AM and FM are like locally here where this is being recorded. Every station is going through our cells right now as we speak. They're all happening. And if we have a little radio box of some kind, we can tune into whatever channel we choose. And there's, in our world, something that at the bottom of a, of a big hill, we talk about that. And the AM in where we talk about is, is the against me messages that we have going through our head at all times. It's the, whoa, this is too big. My pack's too heavy. Oh, I'm so tired. My legs hurt. Um, I can't do this which are disempowering and we wind up doing the same hike that we would, but it's really challenging. We add, it's like adding 20 pounds to our backpack. And then there's the FM, the for me con the conversations and messages that are going through where, you know, wow, I can do this. This isn't so bad. I, yeah, the people right. are, are, are encouraging. And all of a sudden packs, it's like we're taking 10 pounds out of our pack. It's as if the hill gets shorter and we're doing the exact same thing. And like what we put our attention to grows. We just have a minute left and I just wanted to yeah. have you speak. I know that you do individual mentoring as well as these wilderness groups. So individual mentoring of families or individuals. Uh, can you just say something briefly about that? Yeah, so we offer mentoring for parent and coaching for parents and teens, both locally where we are in Ashland, but also not local, could be across the nation worldwide, uh, Skype or by calls. But we do offer parent coaching, teen coaching, family trips that are custom built by the family with whatever they might be interested in, where they might be going and working with their dynamics, as well as the guide, as the guide counsels through the school year. And then we have the expeditions in the summer. And then spring break, too. We have a spring break trip. And the expeditions, um, there's a middle school trip that we offer every year and then two high school trips. And this next summer, we're hoping to go to the TMB, which is the Tour de Mont Blanc. It'll be and that's at, in, in, in Europe. Europe. Um, Tom and I have hiked it before. Right? It's, it's 110 yeah. mile circumnavigation of Mont Blanc, starting in Chamonix and going through three countries. Oh, my. Yeah, so that'll be an offering for high school. And then as uh, like 20 to 24 days, something in that range and then we'll have we'll go back to the north cascades which is just incredible wonderful. wonderful i want to thank you both so much for being with us today on new dimensions yeah thanks for thank having you us so much i've been speaking with kelly and tom shellstead and they're the founders and facilitators of inner guide expeditions transformational wilderness adventures for teenagers and families and if you want to know more about their work you can go to their website inner guide expeditions Dot com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org.
www.newdimensionsradio.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. You've been listening to New Dimensions. This is program number 3592. New Dimensions is produced by New Dimensions Radio in Santa Rosa, California, USA. Please visit us at newdimensions.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly podcasts and find over a thousand hours of audio dialogues in our searchable archive. That's newdimensions.org. Our executive producer is Justine Willis-Toms. Our post-production editor is Lou Judson. This program was recorded at Strawberry Hill Productions, a full-service podcast production studio in Novato, California. Since 1973, New Dimensions has been producing weekly conversations at the leading edge of culture, the arts, science, health, psychology, spirituality, and a host of other fields. We sincerely thank all of you who have supported us by being members of Friends of New Dimensions as well as members of our affiliate stations. My name is Dan Drazen. On behalf of everyone at New Dimensions, I'm wishing you well. New Dimensions Radio is an independent producer supported by listener contributions. To find out more about the program you've just heard, to subscribe to our free weekly newsletter and our New Dimensions and New Dimensions Cafe podcasts, and to access thousands of other programs in the New Dimensions archive, please visit our website, newdimensions.org. That's newdimensions.org. Or call us at 707-468-5215. That's 707-468-5215. Please join us next time as we explore New Dimensions. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.